On the Record with Gavin Riley. Brought to you by PwC on News Talk. I also have um, Minister for Housing, Dara O'Brien, also on the line. We were going to be doing a, a conventional political interview with the Minister today, but all of that has changed somewhat, to put it mildly. But um, good morning to you, Minister. Yeah, good morning, Emmett. Um, so I just want to get your get your reaction, uh, Dara. When did you hear about the whole thing, first of all? And, and uh, just, just tell me a little bit about your feelings yourself. Yeah, well, I think that the shock that emanated from Chrysler has reverberated right around the country. And I, you know, as Barry has, has detailed there in his report, like the community, the surrounding area, absolutely devastated. And all of us, I know, right across the country, north and south and internationally, our, our, our thoughts and prayers are with the families, the community, uh, those who are still injured and obviously badly injured as well in it. So I think really it's it's nearly, it is unthinkable. I was talking to the Taoiseach yesterday when he was on the way up to Donegal to um, to meet with families in the emergency services and that, and uh, it's just devastating. Like I heard on obviously Friday afternoon, the emergency services uh, uh, are a part of my own department as well, and I really want to pay tribute to the the men and women of our emergency services on Garda Siakana and those of our colleagues as well who came in from the Northern Ireland Fire Service. It was really uh, a, a magnificent effort and, and response in such an absolutely incredible, uh, you know, situation where we've seen such devastation, um, you know, scores of people injured, 10 unfortunately p- people just going about their daily lives young people, men, women, children, um, just cut short in, in, in their prime. And it, it really is so difficult for anyone to put what the community is going through into words. What we have to do, and I know we will do as, as a country, is you know support the community, the families, right the way through these really difficult days. And as you've said, and Barry, they're going to be incredibly difficult days with 10 funerals in a very small area in Donegal, but after that, as well, the coming weeks and months, as um, the parish priest mentioned, that you know people had been operating nearly on, you know, uh, a type of situation of numbness. Um, the reality then will dawn on people, and you know there'll be empty chairs and empty rooms in many houses right across the community. And we've got to make sure that, and we will, I can assure people that anything and everything that is required by the community there to support them in this really difficult time will, will be done for them. And it's just, it, it genuinely, as you know, it, it's just heartbreaking. You'd look at your own family. Yeah, I mean, you see a lot of very young young yeah. faces looking out from the newspapers this morning, the whole Absolutely. lives ahead of them. I mean, people involved in sport. And as as, we, as you've said, the mundanity of it, people just got in to grab a sandwich, grab an ice cream for a child. I mean, it's just busy Friday afternoon. As, as Every part of Ireland is always busy as the weekend rolls around. You could just imagine as I said, the mundanity of it, I mean, that's, and then suddenly this ripping, massive explosion. I mean, it's just, it's hard to get your, your head around it. Minister, is there is there probably not a whole lot that the government can do? You'll obviously put resources, deploy them as best you can. I know the HSE are there in terms of grief counselling and so on. But obviously, as you say, everything will be, will be put at the disposal of the local community, anything they need over the next few weeks and months. Anything that's needed, by right down to, like, counselling is obviously going to be very important for people. The HSE are in place for our first responders as well, many of whom would have n- never dealt with, I'm sure, all of it, with a tragedy of the scale of this. And we have to make sure that uh, our people are looked after. You know, there, there may be issues in relation to accommodation. Any of those matters will all be dealt with. And 
from talking to the Taoiseach yesterday and at a government level, it, it's our absolute, uh, where anything and everything that needs to be done uh, for the community uh, will be done. And unfortunately, this will be felt for for weeks, months and years to come. And uh, it's obviously the initial phase now where people are going to, um, you know, bury their own family members and the services and, and masses that will take place over the next few days will be incredibly difficult. But I, I, how our emergency services and the Gardaí responded to this in a, such a professional way, the search and rescue operation uh, that, that took place, volunteers from all over the country, uh, north and south, who, as Barry reported there, who dropped everything uh, and, you know, got to the scene, did everything they could to help and assist, save people's lives. No doubt they've done that in the in, in the operation that took place and, and to then recover those who are so tragically killed in such a dignified way too. Um, so, you know, it, it certainly won't be, of course not, it won't be business as, as usual uh, for this country because people all over uh, the country, north and south now, are really getting to grips with the scale of this monumental tragedy. And... Um, all the the delivers available to the state to support the communities in Creesla and beyond uh, will be there for them, and I can absolutely assure the communities of that and and indeed your listeners here this morning. Great. Well, well, thanks for the for those kind words. As I said, we were going to do a conventional political interview, which has has obviously changed a little bit. But I am going to nevertheless use the opportunity to ask you one or two questions on your portfolio before I let you go. Uh, obviously, somewhat truncated in the light of the events in Donegal. But just if you could give us an update on where we're at on the whole eviction story at the moment. Um, a number of newspapers reporting that you're exploring various options on it. Uh, I mean, I suppose the danger once once this ban on evictions was brought in for all the good and noble reasons it, it kind of ex- extricating the government from it becomes more difficult because when do you go back to normality that has an effect on people who are in difficulties with their rent so i mean i know you're weighing up the the legal aspects of this but do, do you do you would you suggest to us generally that this is going to be short-lived that that eventually this sort of eviction ban it has to inevitably come to an end at some point yeah i, I think we've got to put this in the context of where we're at right now obviously with the uh, a cost of living crisis, the war in Ukraine. We do have uh, continued shrunken supply in our rental sector. Now we're taking a couple of measures. I'll deal with the eviction ban in a moment, if I may. And um, what I've instructed all local authorities that any uh, private tenants who are HAP tenants or in receipt of RAS payments, where a landlord has uh, issued a notice to quit, that the local authorities should purchase those homes. And since I gave that instruction in July, uh, thankfully we've seen hundreds of additional homes come into use and securing those tenancies as, as social housing tenancies. You're right, any measures, no, there's no decision has been taken on this. I have been exploring options, uh, certainly with the Attorney General and my colleagues in government. We've got to be very careful that any measures that could potentially be taken uh, don't have unintended consequences either, uh, such as further diminishing the rental supply that is there. Uh, we're doing this whilst, thankfully, uh, in a positive way, we're seeing the, an increase in, in new build supply right across social and affordable housing and indeed private housing. And we need to see that continue. We've had 10 years of undersupply and underinvestment that we're catching up on. But I'm acutely aware, particularly this winter, um, that as we're coming through um, where we're going to see significant increased costs in energy and government are going to help as much as we can in that. And we've, we've outlined what we're, what we're doing in the budget that if there are any additional measures that can be taken 
on a, in a time-bound way, and I would see this as, uh, uh, if any measure comes forward, it would be time-bound, uh, but it has to be um, constructed in, in, in a way that both protects the tenants but has to respect uh, the rights of the property owner too. Uh, but I am looking at options and exploring them. And Minister, would, 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 based on your answer there, does that suggest you're saying time-bound, whatever happens in this winter, that, that would be the last eviction ban, whatever else happens. So we're only arguing about this winter. After that, it just would no longer yeah, be sustainable but, legally. Yeah, I think that that is, that is correct. But I'm saying that in the absence of a government decision. So we'll have to see how, uh, how, that, how that works through. There are other jurisdictions in Europe uh, that would... Uh, would have as part of their arrangements a, a an option in the winter months to be able to instigate an, an eviction ban, with some exceptions, obviously, for criminal antisocial behaviour and you know, potentially, you know, uh, with, withholding of rent and that. Um, but, you know, we'll look at these options, and I am. Uh, I intend in the, in the next week uh, to be able to bring options to government uh, and then that we'll make a decision on it. As I said, on the positive side, this is happening whilst we're seeing an increase in social housing stock. And what I'm really anxious to do, particularly on the homelessness side, is to be able to exit people into permanent uh, housing solutions. Sure. And, uh, you know, that is something. But look, we're, I'm... Yeah, listen, we, 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 okay, listen, one, one more question before sure. I let you go, because I know you, you've got a lot of other things going on. Yeah. Um, so the concrete block levy, I mean, I was reading this morning that its its yield is about 80 million euros. It, it, you know, there's a small amount of money in government terms. It's not a small amount of money, but it's a small amount of money in state terms. You seem to be, and I don't mean you personally, but the government seem to be taking a fair bit of political flack. People are saying, why should ordinary householders be paying for the mistakes that were made in relation to MICA and Pyrite and other deficiencies? in building schemes uh, just looking at it from outside from my point of view I mean for 80 million small yield and I get the symbolism it seems you're attracting a lot of political flack for not a whole lot of money Yeah I think the context of this is obviously with the defective block scheme that I've brought forward and to help residents uh, mainly in the northwest, but not exclusively uh, to put their lives and their homes back together and the cost of the exchequer in that regard would be probably over 2.7 billion closer to 3 billion uh, I also published a report in the summer in, re- in relation to uh, apartment defects um, that potentially affect about 100,000 uh, apartments and duplexes right across the country. And I've said repeatedly that it's a nettle that we need to grasp. And the cost of that could be equivalent to the defective block scheme. So in total, we'd be looking at on or about 6 billion euro and the schemes will be in place for years to come, no question. Um, the application of the levy itself and how it's constructed and who's, who pays for it will be brought forward in the finance bill by Minister Pascal Donoghue. Uh, and obviously we take on board um, views that, uh, that are there. Um, and I do believe, though, that there is a principle uh, also, is that you know within the sector that we have a stream of, of income to support the scheme. Uh, it's a small percentage in the overall cost of the scheme. Uh, but we'll be working o- over over the coming weeks in advance of the I mean, could you, could another obvious way, I, I don't know, maybe there's a legal problem, but would you not look at levying the, the profits of construction companies? Now, they might try and pass it on anyway, but it, it might be a, a more cushioned way to do it rather than put it directly into the inputs of new houses, which is probably the last place you want to see yeah, it appearing. I, I get that. And you see that there's been a lot of commentary on this and understandable without anyone actually seeing the detail of it. Minister Dunahoo announced this with regard to the principle of it and what the projected uh, income to the state would be, and that would go into the remediation of homes. 
But you're right, it's, we've got to see the detail and work through the detail. And certainly I intend to meet with the, with the Minister for Finance in, in a collaborative way to, to work through how, how this would actually uh, look. And that was always going to be the case, is that the detail would be uh, in, in the finance bill. Uh, and was there was there much um, like I mean obviously these budgets are kind of road tested before they mm-hmm. they get published. I mean, did anyone raise an eyebrow even to sort of say, you know, this is going to have an effect on the housing no, market? Well, we, we, we discussed. Look, good question. Now, of course, we've discussed all measures within within government. The, the government bring forward the budget. Uh, you know, we voted it. It's a, a good. You know, it's a it's a very robust budget. And you look at the level of expenditure both on the capital side and the current side, and that we're that we're putting to try to help people get through uh, this winter in particular. Um, but yeah, it, it's always the case that, that how a, a levy such as this would be applied and the workings of it would be detailed within the finance bill that comes a couple of weeks after that. I'm obviously acutely aware as housing minister to make sure that uh, we, have, we have affordable housing, that we have housing at a scale that we need. That's why we have the Housing for All plan, which is a multi-annual, multi-funded plan, and next year we'll be spending $4.5 billion on housing, uh, and when you, I suppose, when you put that in the context of, and the other monies on the national development plan, the state will be spending billions next year on housing, and rightly so, because we need to catch up on the last ten years. And minister, does it sort of, um, and I don't know if you're you're sort of hinting to me almost, but in terms of the cabinet discussions, does it sound like you're going to be batting from the point of view of like let's let's try and reduce the impact of this levy, whatever way it works overall, but yeah, well, reduce the impact on the inputs that go into the housing costs. I mean, that's that's where you'll be coming from when those discussions. Yeah, well, we obviously look. You know, we've we've discussed this is this is a, a government collective decision, the budget we brought forward, uh, and that which included. Uh, the the announcement with regard to a levy, uh, the workings of that, you know, we're working on with our colleagues in finance, and we'll do that. And I'm confident that uh, that when the the measures are published in the finance bill, that some of the concerns that have been that have been raised and understandably will be addressed. Um, and uh, that was always going to be the the way forward. But there is a principle too, and I do want to to say this is that you know we're the the sector, in my in in my view, must contribute. Uh, what part of that sector, obviously, we're we're looking at. Uh, the other piece that I have been doing, and I've been heavily involved, obviously, in the in the defects piece and the, and the uh, defective block, is that you know to to do everything we can legally to pursue uh, those quarries and those manufacturers who were actually responsible. Yeah, that that, uh, know, that will be that continuing, is, is what you're saying. It, it, yeah, and it yeah, will that, absolutely. And it that there's continue. no free free lunch for them if, no. if they can be pursued. Yeah. Listen, Minister, I, I'm going to leave it there. Thank you so much for coming on on a day like this. I know it's hard to to concentrate on your normal day to day portfolio when you're, you're surrounded by these other uh, awful events in Donegal. But so we do appreciate you coming on to the on the record this Sunday morning. Thank you very much, Minister for Housing, Dara O'Brien. On the record with Gavin Riley. Sunday morning at 11. Brought to you by PwC. Great minds think unalike. Different skill sets, diverse opinions, it all adds up to the new equation. On News Talk.